Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, great to have you at another Inner Revolution podcast. Very excited to have a special guest with us today. His name is Brandon Allison. Hello, Brandon. Hello. <laughs> and uh, he is visiting us from Florida, but he's been involved with Sports Power down in Texas, Dallas, Texas, through the big three. So he has an awesome ministry. He's an evangelist and ministers the gospel to anyone that will listen to him, the broken, the, mm. the elite, the, the nobodies, and everything in between. He's got an awesome spirit of Christ. And I'm really excited to have you today, Brandon. And we've been kind of sharing some ideas about this cast. And uh, why don't you start it off with what's on your heart and we can have a dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Pastor Jason, I think you've just been inspiring me with some of your real life testimonies and stories uh, most recently about loving people, just loving people with the love of Christ. And I think in the world that we live in, it can become we're tempted to, to complicate it. It's tempting to, um, to kind of fight on the enemy's playing field, so to speak, um, to leave, to leave the platform that, that the pure gospel to leave that and start to fight on their terms. Um, because, we, we see this going on the news. We hear about it on Facebook about, you know, these agendas that are coming out that are just so prominent and they're wreaking havoc on society and culture. And it's like it, 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 it rises something up within us where we want to fix it. We want to control it. We want to do something about this problem. And, and we and, and it's so it's very tempting, almost in a moral way that that we need that we feel that we need to start pointing it out wherever we see it we got to tell everyone we need to start preaching the anti-sin gospel you know hey here's where the sin is and we're going to talk about it and we're going to you know and it can get into this place um that uh that people um that that us as christians could be addressing certain patterns of sin when really we need to be focusing on the the love of Christ that transforms lives, and and this this is what I've been seeing, what I've been learning in my own ministry, um, you know, because I've been involved in a lot of homeless outreach, a lot of homeless ministry, and the the mental illness that's involved, the the broken the broken brains, you know, the broken minds from the drug abuse. Um, broken bodies, broken spirits from trauma and, and, and abuse from family members and this and that and the other thing and all the sin and stuff. And it's like, it's so, it becomes so complex. Where do we even start? How do we even start addressing this issue? And God just is teaching me, reminding me, just love them, just love them and share my truth with them. Share the gospel with them, love them and share the gospel and point them to Jesus, point them to me. God's like saying to me, like, point them to me so that I can do something. Because Pastor Jason, what can we do? 
for somebody who's lost in the world, whether they're getting sucked into the, you know, the, the homosexual agenda or, or this agenda or this sin or this, you know, this whole thing that, that culture is really just capturing and, and ensnaring. How, how can we set them free? We can't. But the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is so able. Because where were we at before, right? Like, where was all of us before? We were captured, blind, ignorant, in sin. What set us free? It was the, it was, it was the good news of Jesus Christ. It was His love. It was what He did for us on the cross. It was us putting our faith in Him. And then it was like all the confusion then started to, to God started to break down all that confusion and bring us into the light. Um, and positionally, we know as soon as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have His full righteousness. Um, and so this has been this has been something that's been on my heart. And in Matthew uh, Matthew five, um, starting at verse. 43, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Does this sound, this sounds a little bit like, like some of the school system right now. This sounds a little bit like some of the angry parents. You know, like they're getting spitefully used, persecuted by the school system, by the culture of today. Um, it says, and it says that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors, or we could say really bad sinners, do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax uh, collectors do so? Um, and then in Romans twelve, you could switch to that right there. Romans twelve, uh, it says, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him; if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. To drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And, and I, and I was, uh, I heard someone talking about this the other day, heaping burning coals on his head. The way that the culture was back then, if somebody was really cold, they would actually put hot coals up on their head and through some sort of device or something in the hat. And it would actually, if they were cold, it would make them warm. So if you think about it, it's like, it's like, if you're loving people who are cold because of because of where they're at and everything going on and the, and they're just slave to sin, they're slave to the devil. You, they can actually start to feel the warmth, the love of Jesus Christ through through us loving our enemies, through loving them. And if we can through love get them to the truth, then won't God do His part? Won't God do the transformation? And so somebody once, I, I've heard someone say this too, and Pastor Jason, uh, you were uh, um, hearing someone asking you this question, I think. It's like, how do we, how do we love someone who's in, who's in homosexuality, right? Like, how do we love this kind of a person? How do we love that kind of a person? How do we love this kind of enemy or that kind of enemy? Um, the truth is, we just love them like we love anybody else. 
just take the person, take the person that that we're able to love well with the love of Christ and just take that model and just put it right over everybody else because it doesn't change. The love of God doesn't change. See, the way that pa Pastor Jason loves me is the way he needs to love this person or that person that's difficult to love or this person who's really entering into evil and wickedness or this person over here that's doing this and doing that. It's the same. It's the same thing. And then people may say, oh, that's impossible. How am I supposed to pull that off? Well, that's where Christ comes in, right? That's where we say, God, give me what I need to love the lost. Give me what I need. Because let me tell you guys, okay, when I, when I first started homeless ministry, <laughs> I didn't want to, like, just being real, okay, just being honest, where I was at, okay, I didn't want to touch these people with a five-foot pole. I didn't. I didn't have a capacity. I didn't have a strength to love them like I needed to. But because I just kept pressing in to God and taking steps of faith to just show up by faith, over time, I was noticing God was developing in me that love. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in it, right? Pa Pastor Jason is not perfect either. He, he, he struggles sometimes with loving people, right, Pastor Jason? Sure thing. <laughs> But, but, <laughs> but God will grow us to love people better as we continue to walk in Christ, as we continue to operate in relationship with our Heavenly Father. He will develop us in this love. So really, it has to come from Him. Mm. It has to come from God. It can't be, I, well, God told me to love my enemies, so now I'm going to fake it till I make it. No, it can't be that. It has to be, I'm receiving from the Spirit of God what I need each day and and it's going to happen i have faith in god that i'll be able to love the way that i need tomorrow and the next day and the next day as i keep coming and receiving from god in relationship um and this is what's been on my heart because pastor jason i've seen i've i've witnessed well-meaning good intentions uh people with good intentions who are christians and i've i've observed that it's like they 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 don't they it's like they don't understand this thing that I'm talking about. It's like they're missing it. And that's not judgment on them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's judgment on them, but my heart breaks mm. because how many people are out there who they put on a great front, like they, they've got the piercings and, and the tattoos, not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? I'm not saying there's something wrong with that, but I'm saying like, you know, they got the whole appearance going, they got, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're in the homosexual lifestyle and, you know, all the other things we could just put on there that they're doing or being a part of. And they don't even know what they need, but they know they need something. Mm. And all they need and, and all that, all it would take is just one, one Christ follower to walk up to them and just tell them the truth in love and not talk, not make the issue about what they're wearing, what they look like, what their, their system they're entering into with their homosexual lifestyle or whatever it is, but to just walk up to them and say, look, Jesus loves you. I love you. I love you. You don't, not even talking about those, just saying, Hey, I love you. Let me buy you lunch. I would love to hear your story. You know, Coco Chanel, I would love to hear your story. Come have lunch with me. I'll pay for lunch. I want to hear what I want to hear about your life. You're valuable. You're important. God loves you so much. I love you. Come on, let's sit down. Let's have a coffee. My treat. Just get to know him and then just and then tell them the truth. Yeah. Hey, 
Yeah. You, you mentioned Coco Chanel. Can I just say? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, that's actually a real person that we met in Atlanta. And it was a man dressed as a woman in a dress and the lipstick and the whole thing. And I was with another brother and we walked by him and the Holy Spirit said, go talk to them, him. So we stopped and we started to hear his story. I love that. And uh, found out he was a preacher's kid mm. and probably uh, was a, um, a product of legalism that, that kills anything that was alive anyway. And, um, and of course they had, he had the rhetoric of love is love and you have to accept me. And, and, uh, I love what you're saying because it's like, we look beyond, we don't let sin define that person. We let love define that person. And, and we just began to share his value and that God has made him for more than this chaotic, lie that he's living in. And uh, we never once talked about homosexuality, but mm -hmm. we talked about his value. And I think, uh, you know, people walking by us, they were kind of like, it was, it was intriguing to me. Like people were looking at us and looking at him and looking back at us. And they had this kind of like religious look, like in so many words, they were saying like, why are you even spending your time? Why are you wasting your time mm -hmm. with this person? Mm -hmm. And, um, because in hypocrisy and religion, sin defines the person where love in God's economy, right? John 3, 17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So there we go. There's religion taken care of, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the pure gospel. So, Brandon, when you hear this, love is love, like we have these signs on our on our, in some of our yards in Baltimore, like this real liberal uh, agenda, this wokeism, like love is love. We have to love everybody and everyone has to condone and everyone has to just be very accepting and tolerant. But that's not the love of the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. We're defining people based on the value that, that they're made in the image of God. I think that's one of the best definitions of love. But, but yeah, just to kind of, to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And, and, you know, what, just hearing what you're saying, um, Pastor Jason, you know, you said something that I thought was really profound. You never talked about homosexuality, right? Like now here's the thing. If wisdom says, talk about homosexuality with a person, let the Holy spirit lead, lead you. And God will make, put it in a conversation or in a way that will work with them. But, in that case, it was like, no, we're, we're going to go deeper. We're not going to even talk about this. We're going to go to the deep thing, the deep thing. And I think sometimes because you brought that up about love is love, right? That's something that they that is thrown in our face, even in conversation. But even that can throw us off because it's almost like we feel like, oh, now we can't talk about the love of Christ. Because we got to we got to first dismantle this argument, right? Because they're saying love is love. And we know we know what that where the, the fallacy or whatever is in that, right? And how mm -hmm. that doesn't work. But see, that's the temptation. Now we're getting into trying to explain love is love or whatever. But, but just because they say that or they believe that doesn't mean that the love of Christ is any less potent or any less powerful or impactful. And we can keep going. We can keep speaking past that into the, and loving and and 
sharing the truth of Jesus with them in a way that they can, that they'll receive it. And I really think, again, going back, like, I think that's the key. A lot of the times is like, we just need to, with wisdom, speak into the truth with love and give them the very thing that's going to make the difference. And what is the, what is the thing? It's like telling them that, look, Jesus, um, we're all we're, like it. You're no different from me. Mm. I'm no different from you. We all need Jesus. Jesus loves us all. And he actually wants to give us what we really are looking for. Mm. He'll give us what we're really looking for in life, in our, for our souls. He'll give us peace and rest for our souls, you know, and, and uh, just speaking to that place and then sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, like I think I love you speak past it. That's a great statement, because if you speak at it, that person might not have the capacity to either agree or understand. But you speak past it in the sense where you're speaking to that person in the true nature that God has made them. Um, like I, I think of uh, just the value of a person. Like, do you know how valuable you are? Mm. And and letting love and grace define them. So, so someone might say, well, what about the sin? Well, that's not our responsibility. The work of the cross, the work of the gospel as we present Christ, who's the only one that dealt with sin. So I think our ministry to people, um, especially with like issues like Black Lives Matter or wokeism, liberalism, secularism, um, you have um, just this neo-pagan mindset in people's where religion is so inadequate. And I think that is so true. God has not come to condemn us. He's come to deliver us. So not that we're ignoring the sin, condoning the sin. Oh, you know, because we're all in Proverbs 6, we're all part of those seven things that God hates. I mean, there's something in our life that would would disqualify us from heaven. So all of us are guilty. But our message is this. Listen, there's something more like this. This guy, Coco Chanel, like I could see the emotional trauma in his life. I could see just the overbearing, uh, maybe religious emphasis in his life that did not have the life of Christ. Like I wasn't I don't I don't know his story beyond what he told me, but you can kind of see how legalism um man's interpretation of God's way, right? Legalism, this false burden, this religious relig religiosity, this hypocrisy that man is now interpreting something that's perfect. Well, it's already wrong, right? Man is imperfect. And therefore, if it starts with man, it's already broken. It's already wrong. Exactly. <laughs> this is why grace is like grace is what's perfect, defining what is perfect. Yes. And can you share quickly the story about your Muslim friend oh, that yeah. you shared with me? Because I think that goes along with this. Yes. Yeah, so we met another brother um, in Atlanta as well. And Atlanta is a, such an interesting city, uh, just huge monster city, but really open for the gospel. Every, every time we go there, just seems like people, God has prepared people for us. So we met a guy, his name was Hussein. He's from Afghanistan. And he kind of shared with us at breakfast that um, he was a Muslim that was not satisfied with the answer of the imams, the questions that he had. And, and um, he, um, he began to read the Bible, uh, the book that he was told never to read. He started to read it. 
And as he was reading it, he was um, just the questions were being answered in his heart. And so he was invited to a, to a meeting, um, a Christian meeting. And he went there with the idea that he would convert these Christians to Islam. That was his, <laughs> that was his objective. And when he got there, he saw converted Muslims to Christianity sitting and listening to the Bible. And he explained to us that the atmosphere and peace in that room was something he'd never seen before. And he, 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 they, he was very responsive to the, just the outpouring of love and care. And, um, and he responded to the gospel in the months to come because it was something real, the reality of love, the, the true love, the, love. Go, the gospel love um, mm -hmm. that did not make sin the issue, but led him beyond his sin into life and li liberty and freedom. And this guy today um, has a beautiful ministry to the Muslims. Wow. And he's uh, an incredible evangelist. So Wow. And, yeah. you know, I really think that's the key, what you just said, Pastor Jason. And that story really... Uh, really shows us, you know, I, I believe that as Christians, we can be tempted sometimes to downplay the power of the gospel. Like we, like we have, like, it's like I was saying earlier, like we feel drawn, pulled into debate to wait a minute. Love is not, you know, you can't love is love. No, you can't, but okay. Here's the thing though. It's they're operating in a level of confusion they're in a place of confusion where logic and reasoning may not reach them because they're just in this, this place in their mindset. But what, what did the Muslim say? He said he experienced something. There was something there was, he was, see, he was seeing truth. He was seeing it like it was an experience, but he was acknowledging it. It was like, and, and that's the power of the gospel. That's mm -hmm. the power of love in the gospel. It's like, it's like, if we're given the gospel, but it's not love, it's a clanging symbol. It doesn't, it's, yes. it's going to be annoying. They're not going to, but if we bring love, if you mix love with the gospel, cause that's what it is. The gospel is love. You can't take, it's not the gospel without love. Right. But if we come and love a person who's so confused, like Coco Chanel and, and we come, we love them and we share the truth with them, what Jesus did, who he is, how it applies to him. And, and how much he's loved and valued, valued, valuable, loved. His life has meaning. His life has purpose. You know, these kind of things, yes. when they start to enter into the conversation, all of a sudden, all of those concepts, all of those logical reasoning of love is love, this and that, and, and my identity and this and this and that, whatever the confusing ideas or brainwashing, whatever it is, it's almost like the truth of the gospel goes above and beyond that. And all of a sudden they start to get this unction like, hey, this scene, why am I believing this? Like, like my that's that was my dad's testimony, Bill Allickson. Mm. You know, he's just doing whatever in his life and drinking, smuggling with his buddies at 16 years old. And this street preacher is out there on the corner, loving people, preaching the gospel. This is crazy. Like, what is going on? You know, and he's preaching the foolishness of Christ. Right. It's not logical. It's the foolishness of Christ. But it, we know it's not foolish. But to to someone who doesn't have the, the right mind or, or is entering in all this confusion or is like blind with sin, it's like foolishness to them to them. 
but God was touching my father's heart saying, this wow. is the truth. Are you going to accept it? This is what you've been looking for. And my dad had a choice to make. And he thought, well, you know, what? I can't miss this, though. I got to go. I got to believe it. I've got to go with this. And it changed his whole life. It changed his whole trajectory. And that's what can that's what happens. Yes. With this. And we've got to put we've got to put value. We've got to acknowledge the power of the gospel for what it is and for what it has and not downplay it as if we're just giving a, a mathematical lecture and we hope that they'll hopefully they'll believe two plus two equals four because it is truth. We're just hoping if we say it to them that they'll believe it. But there's actually a power. There's a power behind it with the spirit of God that touches hearts. That's doing way more than we think it is. It's not yes. just going into the ears yes. and then into the brain. It's going into the ears and that's hitting the hearts, hitting the soul. Yes. And see, sometimes sometimes people won't tell us. Like we'll be talking to someone about Jesus and they'll be hiding the fact that God is wrecking their hearts. Like God is like pounding on the door. Boom. You know, God's knocking on that door. I know there's been many times, Pastor Jason, where you shared the gospel with someone and didn't look like they were getting it, but yeah. their heart was going like this. <laughs> they could feel like God just hitting on them and they couldn't get it out of their minds that night. They couldn't sleep for weeks until they had to finally give in and put, put their faith in Jesus Christ. And how many people, Pastor Jason, are going to be in heaven all those people that it didn't seem like they got it, but you went out faithfully, Pastor sure. Jason. You shared the gospel. And isn't that what we need to do? All yeah. of us. We just need yes. to go out, love people, share the gospel, and then love people and share the gospel. And then love people <laughs> and share the gospel. Just rent what is it? Rinse, recycle, repeat. Yeah. Is that the is that the thing? Like just keep doing it. Rinse, recycle, repeat. Is that, is the that wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Just keep just keep doing it. Just keep repeating it. Keep well, we don't need to add anything to it. That's the pure going. gospel. The pure gospel is Jesus plus nothing. And I think as a church, um, the church community as a whole, we can get into an anti-sin gospel. I love how you said that. An anti-sin gospel, which means don't do this, do this. You're accepted if you do this. You're not accepted or you're disqualified if you do that. And I think the you they will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Mm. And so this love is not this touchy-feely, abstract love, but it's a love that reflects sacrifice and uh, the work of the cross of, of Jesus Christ. I, I want to share this too, mm. that pure gospel, like the gospel interprets or the scripture interprets scripture. I'm not called to explain God. I'm called to, you're called to present. It's like someone once said, um, the gospel is like a lion in a cage. Mm. You don't necessarily need to defend the lion. You just need to open the door of the cage and let the lion come out. Wow. It's the same principle. It's like, so a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I know what you're against, but what are you what are you for? So mm. my message, our message today is biblically centered, Christ centered, uh, character, nature centered. And I think mm. of the young person growing up that has no real concept of God, um, the unchurched, mm. the de-churched. I mean, the de-churched needs attention and care and instruction that, hey, listen. Uh, and this is another person we talked to in Atlanta. Uh, he was sharing with me how his brother just got he was a Marine and his brother just was sent to jail on some uh, bar fight or something like that. And he's in jail serving some time because of, of the outcome of that fight. And, and I just began to share with him 
the gospel. And he says, you know, I grew up in the church. I've never heard the gospel that God really loves me. God really forgives me. God is real. I don't lose my salvation. It's all based on Christ. So that, that pure gospel is, is not contaminated. Like we contaminate it hmm. when we, when we interpret our own reasoning and logic, our creature logic, as one person said it, uh, something that's absolute. So, yeah. And, and the one so thing, you, the one thing you said really just stuck out to me that we, that people can be so caught up with sharing what they're against. It can be so caught up that with what they're, what they're focusing on, what they're against that there's no room to talk about Jesus. There's no room to talk about who Jesus is, what he did, because we're just so consumed with, with, cause there's, isn't there just so much we can talk about that's wrong. We could just, yes, our whole lives, we could, no and we could never there. get to the bottom of it. Yeah. We would just keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. this subject, that subject, there's so many things, but what, what is really going to help people, right? Is, is hearing the answer. They need the solution. They already, a lot of people already know the problem. They do. Yeah. They acknowledge it. Atheists will tell atheists, hey, you need to get right. Yeah. They won't use the word repent, but they'll say to each other, basically, they're saying, hey, you need to repent, guy. You're messing up. You got this problem. You got that problem. They got their own secular systems to try and fix people and this and that. But what's the solution that really works? It's Christ. Yeah. It's Christ crucified. And if we can just stick to the gospel, we can stick to the truth of who Jesus is, what he did. What it means to us, how we're involved in it, with it, what it gives us, and we share that with people. Oh, it! How many stories, Pastor Jason, have you yeah. heard of lives being transformed just from hearing that? Yes, I have so many friends. So many friends. They used to want this bad thing. They used to do that bad thing. They used to think this way, and all of a sudden, they just gave in to Christ, and all of a sudden, it's like everything changed. You know, when it comes to people's issues when it comes to people's problems you know like i was saying my friend had meth and heroin addiction and it was it was the spirit of god that took care of them not not what the world says is a solution the solutions of the world never work they don't they 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 only go so far they 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 maybe deal with some external things you know, some superficial things in the character of a person, but it never addresses the root, the root problem. But Christ always addresses the root problem. And again, just full circle going back. It's just what do people need? People need Christ. What is the conduit? How do you get through the cell wall? You know how like you got cells and then you the, the cells of a person need some sort of a, um, a delivery system, something to to be able to get the nutrition nutrition in if you don't have that that thing on the cell wall it won't be able to absorb what it needs and that can cause death problems it's like that with people love is the delivery mechanism mm. love is what then they can receive they can receive the message they can receive the truth mm. it's a mystery but this is what we're taught in the word. This is what we're taught in the scriptures. And so what do we need to do? What do we need to do then? We need to do what Matthew 5 says. We need to do what Romans 12 says. Feed them. Clothe them. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. Like what? Like read, just look it up. Just Google it. You know, about what, what you know, how do we, 
respond to our enemies as Christians? What do we do? Just look up the scriptures and just take that as the as the template. And then, of course, with wisdom, God has very specific things that we can do. But you use the template with the wisdom of God enlightening us, enlightening you to then how to operate with the people in your sphere of influence. Right. So whoever's in your sphere of influence, this person, that person, how many, how am I going to reach them? I'm going to connect with them. And God will, God will answer that prayer. He answers that prayer very well, by the way, Pastor Jason, first John 5, 14 and 15, anything we ask according to the will of God, he hears us and he's giving us what we ask for. Is it not the will of God that these people would get reached with the gospel and with God's love? It is right. It's not, it's, not God's will that anyone should perish. That's what the scriptures say. Well, Brandon, this is such such excellent stuff that you're talking about today. You know, maybe just to kind of say as we close, um, religion is good at defining people according to their sin. And I think we are at an immediate disadvantage if we look at people in the lens of their sin. Mm-hmm. And I know we can become antagonized and provoked by blatant arrogance and blatant lostness. But if we were to look and speak past and find find the, the value that Christ sees that person in and then present that to them and speak that to them. And I, I just think, again, like Christ was the friend of sinners. I love that. Uh, he didn't condone, uh, but he led people out of their sin based in the love, of, love and purposes of Christ. But even Christ was accused as a wine-bibber. He was an adulterer, a blasphemer. Uh, but he he took on that badge so that he could sit where people sit and then love people out of their pit and then minister the pure gospel. And, and I just say the pure gospel is Jesus plus nothing, which equals everything. So maybe we challenge our listeners today. Uh, are you speaking the pure gospel? Um, are is your message squeaky clean in the sense? Does it have roots that go to the gospel, uh, or is it an anti-sin gospel? I really like that. You know, don't do this, do this, don't. Or no, we are showing you the way to life, and then God will uh, not conform you, but He'll transform you into liberty and freedom as a son and child of God. Any closing comments? Yes. Um, and like we could talk all day on this. Oh my gosh, (laughs) definitely all day. Uh, like pastor Jason said, you know, just the challenge that is, um, for the believer, like, like what, what do we do? If this is a struggle, if this is hard, if we don't know what to say or what to do in, in these cases, we need to go to God and and you know go back to uh to the beginning with god on it and say okay god there may be some things in me that need correction there may be some some growing that needs to be done because i'm seeing you know i'm getting the conviction that i need to love people better and i need to preach the gospel and purity because i've been getting into quarrels and arguments and debates and all these kind of things or whatever it looks like that's not anything outside of Christ and just saying, okay, God, here I am. Do your work in me. Give me the words that I need. 
Give me the heart of love that I need that's genuine. Give me opportunities to reach people organically. Not, not you know, going in some weird, you know, weird, crazy style of whatever, but but just organic, like, like it just works. It flows. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's confrontational evangelism is just like blurting it out or or maybe that's just like a subtle connection with somebody. But God knows that's the point. It's not for it's not for you and I and Pastor Jason to manifest or control or make it happen. But it's just a wait on the Lord to bring it to him in prayer, bring all things to God in prayer. Philippians four, six and seven and the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He will lead the way. He will answer that prayer. It's his will to reach people. It's his will for us to love people better. He's going to do that. He's going to sanctify us to get to that level, to be like Christ for people. That's my comment. Yeah, and it's progressive, isn't it? Maybe yes. we see uh, hypocrisy in our life. Maybe we see a religious spirit. Maybe we see legalism in our own spirit. And we just say, okay, God, let's get back to the root uh, where the absolute truth absolutely changes us because it's not rooted in us. And mm -hmm. I think we underestimate, like you said earlier, just presenting the clear image and character and nature of God. And that is what repositions and redirects people to the true, uh, true gospel, the pure gospel. And uh, I believe as we near the rapture um, and we speak and have authority uh, as we minister to people, God can do amazing things and is doing amazing things in our midst. So, hey, thanks so much for being with us today, Brandon. Great to have you and bless you and your dear wife and yeah. kiddos. Yeah, this was awesome. Ministry. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.